Ladies and gentlemen, pointing goodies to you all out there. Welcome to another edition of the Ramble Mania Show, where we here ramble all things good and bad in the world of pro wrestling. This is going to be a solo show today, gentlemen, uh, ladies and gentlemen, for I am Heels of the Eye Zombie, TJ the Great, and our champion 6XL won't be able to join me this evening. But I do have a special guest here. We'll be doing a uh, quick interview with. He's here on the podcast here, uh, here to promote his Wrestling show coming up on Mania Week. He is probably one of the greatest independent wrestlers all all over New York right now. He's making a big explosion. Introduce yourself, good sir. What's poppin', everybody? It's the new classic of professional wrestling, Billy Dixon, and I'm in the building. So what's what's good? Billy, man, thank you for being on the show. It was an honor to have you here for as little time that we have uh, little time that we have to do this interview with you. But let's get all this started are you ready i was born ready let's get this popping let's fucking ramble billy every single ramble mania wants to know what made you decide to become a professional wrestler in the first place all right so first start off i'm from the boogie down bronx i'm from claremont village out by morrisania webster avenue stand up represent and i used to watch wrestling with my grandparents out in uh their apartment out in the projects at Claremont. So, you know, we were watching Attitude Era, a little bit of WCW, you know, like that's what made me want to wrestle is just seeing that and seeing like, I don't know, it gives you hope. It gives you that there's something, there's something greater than what you know in your environment. You know what I mean? Did you ever have a, a favorite wrestler growing up? Like with, uh, and if so, was there the reason why you wanted to become a pro wrestler? Um. So when I was little, for some reason, China was just like the coolest fucking wrestler to me. Like, because at the time I was so young and I didn't know if China was born male or female. I didn't know what China really was. And I think that level of confusion really like intrigued me because little would I know that I grow up and be a part of the LGBT community. And there's so many different kinds of people in our community, but like, China was just so cool. She beat the shit out of the dudes on a regular. She, you know, she had Miss Kitty. And that was an interesting visual for a little kid like me. So, like, she was just so dope. And, like, her feud with Jericho was, like, I thought it was highly entertaining. And then when I got older, I loved Candice Michelle. I thought she was, she was the epitome of, like, having heart. Like, you know, like, you know, starting from the bottom, work your way up you know, and becoming a champion. And and to me, I'm drawn to wrestlers in their matches where I could feel that they're hustling, that they're giving it everything they got. You know what I'm saying? How they're hustling for the opportunity. They're hustling for the match. They're hustling to get better. You can see that in a wrestler when they work versus somebody that's like, oh, they're so amazing. They were born this good versus somebody where it didn't come naturally to them. Maybe they're a little uncoordinated. Maybe they're not good with the footwork or the rhythm, but they're giving it everything they got. I respected that as a kid. And that's something that I admire in the wrestlers that I like today. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Being a, uh, a pride wrestler yourself, were you, were you ever like judged when you started in the business thinking like, because of your sexuality, people would judge you differently or wouldn't want to work with you? Or was it the other way around? Like, were people very peaceful with you or anything like that? Has there ever been a time where you've been awkward around people uh, before due to to people not wanting to work with you because of, like, sexuality-wise? So for me, my experience, everybody that is a part of the LGBTQ community has their own story to tell. 
my story is more so that I do my thing. I've been successful to my degree, but a lot of what I've gone through has been a lot of gossip and talking behind my back and not to my face. And the way I see it is I'm a man, like I'm a gay man. I love drag queens. I love flamboyant shit. But at the same time, like I'm, I'm from an area where if we got beef, step up to me. So I've heard through the, you know, the telephone game and the gossip game and all of that, that like people thought that I'm only getting opportunities because I'm a homosexual. I'm only, I'm only, I'm only uh, a statistic on a show and I don't have the talent. Um, or that why would they have to put over somebody gay? So for me, you know, a lot of it was nice to my face, talk about me behind my back, you know, and unfortunately, you know, the, the, the levels of what you go are a part of this community is that, you know, you're facing a lot of judgment period. And sometimes, you know, you have to fight for your bookings. That's for sure. A lot of promoters don't really give a shit about if we're getting booked or not. You know, they, they, they'll play around with your bookings, play around with your money, you know, and you got to be on them. You got to be on them. You got to be on them. You got to be on them because, you know, they think that we're like disposable or they could, I've been told, and I'm not going to say names because it's not really professional, but like I've been told, insert black wrestler here. You're going to take that black gay wrestler spot and nobody's going to know the difference. And it's like, how insulting is that to not only me, but the person you're trying to quote unquote replace, feel me? Yeah, and I I feel you every every step of the way, man. It, it like I, I I have no respect for any I have nothing against anyone's sexuality or any of that stuff. Like I know a few friends that wrestle and they their sexuality is out there in the open. Some people are are, are like in open marriages, some people are in gay marriages, you know. The fact of the matter is it's like Everyone has to be equal in pro wrestling. And I think you and a, and a couple of other pride wrestlers out there in the world are trying to show everyone that, hey, we may be different from you all, but we're still equal when we get into this ring and we compete. Hell yeah. That is the mission behind a matter of pride. That is the mission. I'm not going to speak for every gay wrestler because there's some gay wrestlers that are incredibly homophobic. There's some gay wrestlers that are only in it for themselves, unfortunately. You know, you know, there's a group of us that we are, you know, we call it a sisterhood or whatever. But there's a group of us that the goal is to elevate being gay by whatever you are in wrestling so that you can be taken seriously. You know, part of it is that there's this story that a lot of the veterans like to tell us of like, well, you know, you have to wait your turn. Like the women, the women are just not getting the opportunity. I'm sorry, I'm 23 years old. I want to be able to reach the mountaintop of what I can do in my career. So I can't wait no 30 years. We can do this shit right now. And that's what a lot of gay wrestlers are realizing. Like, we don't, we're not going to wait. We can't wait. We're, 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 we're not going to sit around. We're going to take the opportunity, period. And we hit equally as hard. And we we will go through tables. We will go through chairs. We will, we will bleed. We will do what it takes. You know, a lot of gay wrestlers do hardcore matches just to prove that we're tough. You know, okay, he may wear the color pink, but I mean, that motherfucker is tough, you know? Yeah, that is true. Talk to me about this big match that you have coming up against uh, Effie. It's 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 pretty interesting what I've been seeing. I like I, I want to hear from you. Like what when is this match? 
All right, so A Matter of Pride presents its biggest show of all time. Our Mania Week debut is called Diva Mania. It's going to be on April 4th, 2019. That is a Thursday, and it's going to be at Lucky Chang's in New York City on 48th Street in House Kitchen. And my match will be against Effie in what they're calling a big gay street fight, which is basically going to be the first time ever two gay workers will be competing in a hardcore match against one another. And it's going to be probably the most violent match of all of Mania Week. So what's good, GCW? What's good, all you other promotions? Because I'm telling you, we're going to beat the shit out of each other. Period. Well, hopefully I have the chance to attend. And hopefully I get to see some blood. I mean, it, it, I mean I'm telling you, like, you know, Effie's from Florida. He don't know what it's like to get a Bronx ass whooping. Like... You know what I'm saying? You turn eight years old, baby's first razor blade, baby's first box cutter. Like, he's he not really ready for what's coming. I'm telling you. Like, he's not ready. He's really not ready. You recently did a match with uh, Eddie McQueen. It was a hair versus hair match where if one of you lost, you would have to give up either locks of hair or the beard. What do you think is... Are you comfortable now with the with the shaved head after you know getting your braids like cut off? All right, so here's the funny story behind all of that. So me and Eddie, you know, typical wrestlers, jockey for position, we get a beef, we take a shot at each other, we beating each other up, and we have this match. And you know, it's so funny. I lost the match, but it was the biggest thing that ever happened to me because as my head got shaved, I, it was a religious experience almost like my guy, like everything became clearer to me and my whole career. I was just focused on being a good little professional wrestler and biding my time and working hard and doing the, you know, doing what I got to do right. And I was realizing the opportunities that could be mine are getting passed up to other motherfuckers. Motherfuckers that I know ain't on my level, period. That can't do what I do. I can't do a flip. You're right. I can't do a motherfucking flip, but I know how to motherfucking entertain. And I'd rather be an entertainer than be an athlete any day, period, and the story. So shaving my head brought me back to growing up on the street, to to having a fight, to get into my building, to 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 having to go through what I had to go through, just being an out gay kid in middle school and high school. So it brought me back, and it and it and it made me realize who exactly I am. I'm not some guppy in the ocean. I'm a I'm a shark. I'm a predator. I take what's mine. I don't look back. I don't got remorse. So. It's weird because me and Eddie still don't like each other, but you know I respect Eddie for for shaving my head because that did so much for me, so much for me that at the next show I get told, "Hey, you're not on the card," and I said, "Okay, cool," and I realized that oh well, I'm still not being taken seriously enough. So Eddie worked with Effie in a Yes Daddy match, and uh, I got tired of the shits. I got involved. I beat the fuck out of both of them. And I made a statement with my bald head. A yes daddy match is basically an I quit match, correct? That's correct. Okay. I, I just wanted to make sure, but it, it's it, it's a gay company. You know, we gotta do a little bit of that that twist on everything, feel me? Yeah, it, 
there's always twists and turns in pro wrestling nowadays. Like there, there could be some random gimmick matches that I don't know the name of, but I but I would know the whole concept. Like, oh, that's that match. Why didn't they just call it that match? All right, Billy. Exactly. One final question before we let you go, because I know you're a busy man right now. What does pro wrestling mean to you? Pro wrestling means to me, it's the, it's the, it's the, it's the therapy that people can't afford to get. It's the, the religion that people can accept. Pro wrestling means to me, it's the escapism that we all need in life. For me, it was making my world and what I went through less dark, you know, getting called, you know, slurs at school and going through all of that, going home and watching Raw was the perfect place for me to escape all of that, you know, and, and, and for me, it's giving people the opportunity as a wrestler now that through my career, I want to serve others. So wrestling for me now is how can I serve my community? So not only am I a pro wrestler that will be facing Effie at Diva Mania April 4th at Lucky Chang's on 48th Street in Hell's Kitchen, New York, in a street fight. Not only am I I'm the, I'm the kind of person that got to deal with that, but I'm the kind of person when my career is said and done, I want to give back. See, what people don't know is that gay kids in the Bronx, Harlem, Brooklyn, when they get kicked out, they can't always get into shelters. Feel me? They wind up homeless at the piers or homeless under bridges. So my wrestling career is I want to make it so that I can get the opportunities, the connection and the bread to stop that shit. Because I was raised, you want to leave the world the better place that you found it. And that's what I'm trying to do. So pro wrestling is my way to become the superhero that I wish I saw growing up. To be the, the savior that I wish people that I knew that were less fortunate than I than I were had. That's what wrestling means to me. The violence and the, 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 the comedy and the drama is cool and everything, but the power that this business has, people don't realize. And I want to be able to use my career so people can realize as a wrestler, you are a very powerful person and you can make a lot of change in your lifetime if you choose to. So that's what that shit means to me. That was touching. Very, very moving. Where can we find you on social media? All right. So you can find me on social media, my Twitter, my Instagram, and my Facebook is all the same at the Billy Dixon, T-H-E-B-I-L-L-Y-D-I-X-O-N. And a couple of projects I got coming out. I have a mini documentary that I self-produced, self-made, did everything on my own. It is called The Little Big Gangster That Could, dropping on YouTube. I'm very excited for that. And also, just a reminder that WrestleMania week, you know, go see your favorite shows. But also, let's see what the LGBT community has to offer. Let's see what the best and brightest of our community has to offer. April 4th, Lucky Chang's on 48th Street in Hell's Kitchen, New York. A Matter of Pride presents Diva Mania. And also, the other show that I'm going to be at is a is an all-inclusive company called Uncanny Attractions, and they're presenting Dragon Dropkicks, and that's going to be at House Yes in Brooklyn on April 6th. So that's what's going on with me. I'll be around in New York City. Say hi. Let's take a picture, take a selfie, you know, and, and that's pretty much it that I got going on right now. Billy, man, 
It was an honor to have you on the show. It was an honor to speak with you, get to know you a little bit more, share some stories, have you come in, plug your stuff. Can't wait for uh, for Pride Mania. I'll gratefully attend that show just so I can see some great, amazing LGBTQ wrestling. And I appreciate you taking the chance on us because once you go there, you're not going to be disappointed. And, you know, I appreciate you letting me on your show with some regular degular rambling and whatnot. I hope that all of you continue to support Ramble Mania and all these great podcasts, especially podcasts by people of color. You know, podcasts by people of color need to be jumping up and getting in the mix, too. All these white boys out here with their fucking podcast. Nah, <laughs> I need to see some people that, you know, know some shit. I want to hear some merengue on a podcast or some shit. You heard? Like, you <laughs> All right, Billy, thank you for being on the show. I got to do some news on here. So, you know what to do. We'll speak to you very soon. All right. Thank you, man. Pleasure's all mine. Thank you, man. It was an honor. Oh, my God. Guys, Billy Dixon, amazing person to speak to, to share stories with. Great guy. Great fucking guy indeed. Check out his event coming in April 4th, Pride Mania, where he goes up against Effie in a New York City street fight. Now, we got some wrestling news to talk about here today, and it's just everything's gone way out of portion. I'm talking like all these Twitter posts that have been going back and forth between Becky and Ronda Rousey. Holy crap, let me tell you right now, kayfabe has completely gone out the window with Ronda. I believe in all honesty that she just said, fuck it, and just went beyond the script. Now, a lot of people are going around saying that this is supposedly a work shoot promo. I, I could... I could possibly see it that way, but there were some things that were not allowed on that on those Twitter posts. For some reason, the word fake came up, and kayfabe went out the window for some reason. Then Rhonda's, I don't know, supposedly when I read the tweets, it looked like Rhonda took things a little personal, and she may have gotten a little overboard. I like it. I love it because the, it just, the, the posts that these women are doing to each other it's amazing because this angle is actually getting somewhere and where is charlotte among all this she's just sitting on a chair with a pina colada in her hand reading all of these tweets that these two women are putting out at each other and she just sits there and laughs that is just awesome it's awesome but yeah uh wwe and and vince are mad at the situation because uh, it kind of escalated from zero to 100 really fucking quick. You get caught in the heat of the moment. That's really all that matters. And, you know, Ronda gets caught in those heated moments when when shit like that happens in a Twitter war. But it is what it is, guys. Uh, All that matters is now that it, it came out. It's all over the internet. Like, huh? I want to. I want to actually read some of them to you guys real quick. I find them in order. So there, there's some of the tweets that that has uh, a picture of the scene from the Disaster Artist with James Franklin playing Tommy Wiseau, and they just photoshopped the picture of Rhonda's face with her holding the mic. And this is what Becky said under that picture. 
keep the F word out of your mouth and concentrate on getting better at this business instead of trying to remain above it. Look forward to seeing you real soon. And, you know, it, it just, it got pretty fucking serious from there. Rebecca Quinn, I don't care what the script says. I'm beating the living shit out of you the next time I see you. And I think this is, this is probably the tweet that kind of went too far. F word, you mean fake Fake like that nonsensical bullshit armbar that doesn't even mean that doesn't even work. It just looks like you're holding a dick you wish you had. Wow. That was just and then shots fired again at Becky. It's like, huh, it does look exactly like like one now that you mention it. And it shows a um a picture. I think it's Rhonda's husband. <laughs> it, uh, it is just so stupid. And uh, here we go. Rhonda, you go back and get that belt. Oh, yeah, here we go. I think it's because when they said the word belt, because belt is, like, restricted in WWE, you're not supposed to say belt. I don't know why. Vince hates that word for some reason. All right, so here we go. Rhonda, you go back and get that belt because I didn't come this far to collect it from Stephanie. I came all this way to take it from you. And here's what Rhonda says after that. That's what I'm trying to do, dumbass. You hobbing, you're hobbling around trying to be a, a ginger crutch ninja and take a fake prison and take fake prison photos in a hallway isn't helping. Wow. Could it just be like any more real? Oh, here we go. Uh, all right. So this is from Russell Volts. This is the stuff that I was getting. Uh, re- Rousey slash Becky Lynch Twitter stuff this afternoon. The word-for-word word language was not approved by WWE. Do not be naive and I, and think it was. Sure, WWE wants to drum up attention to the storyline via social media feud, but certainly they weren't thrilled with some of the wording used. Uh-huh. All right, the Twitter war might have been approved. The actual language was not at all. So basically, like, that's, uh, they're, uh, they're saying that the Twitter war was actually approved just to build up this feud, but I think there was just some words that they were just not allowed to say, and they kind of just went too far with it. But, hey, man, shots fired. Th- these are some good Twitter posts. I, re- I really like them. Uh, this-, this is amazing. Fucking amazing. Now I want to see this match at Mania happen. Now I'm hoping this is the main event. I'm really hoping this ends up being the main event because I see something good happening between... Ronda Rousey, Becky Lynch, and Charlotte Flair, even if she's not a part of this Twitter war. I, I'm hoping they close out the show at Mania because it'll be just amazing for the women. The women are stepping up their game. And 2018 was a valid standard point that these women were willing to step up their goddamn game and show that women's wrestling deserves to be on World Wrestling Entertainment. Now, this is a little bit of a surprise. Um... I was looking through some stuff earlier, and I found a uh, link to WWE rosters annual salaries. I was looking at these, and I thought to myself, some of these don't really make any sense. I'm going to start with the women first, because the women, there's on the main roster right now, there's like a few women here that, that got like pretty good payday, but... This is just ridiculous what I'm seeing because there are some women, there is probably one more woman here that deserves to be 
up more on the salaries and Becky Lynch also, which I'm going to explain why. Ronda Rousey is making $1.5 million. Charlotte Flair is making $550,000. In all honest opinion, she should be up at a million. Nikki Bella, $350,000. Alexa Bliss, $350,000. Mickey James, $300,000. Brie Bella, $300,000. Natalia, $300,000. Oscar, $250,000. She should be worth $400,000, to be honest. Becky Lynch, $250,000. When in all honesty, she should be worth $900,000, being that she's the most over person in WWE right now. Dana Brooke, $200,000. Bailey, 200 grand. Lana, 200 grand. Naomi, 180 grand. Carmella, 120 grand. Nia Jax, 100 grand. Sonya Deville, 100 grand. And Mandy Rose, Mandy Rose, I don't know why I said Rose. That was stupid. Mandy Rose gets 80 grand on her annual base salary. You know, Dana Brooks should be getting the 80 grand and Mandy Rose should get the 200 grand. Because I don't see Dana Brooke on TV anymore. I mean, do any of you guys do? Because I don't. I don't at all. Like, ugh. Now we're gonna we're gonna go to the men. This is where it just gets interesting. Brock Lesnar annual salary is twelve million. John Cena eight point five million. Roman Reigns five million. Randy Orton four and a half million. AJ Styles three and a half million. Seth Rollins three million. The Miz. Two and a half million. Triple H, two and a half million. Undertaker, two and a half million. Dean Ambrose, two million. Kevin Owens, two million. Dolph Ziggler, one and a half million. Sheamus, one million dollars. Jeff Hardy, one million dollars. Bray Wyatt, one million dollars. Finn Balor, one million dollars. Kane, 900 grand. Big Show, 850 grand. Samoa Joe, 800 grand. Rusev, 800 grand. Sankara, 700 grand. Which, in all honesty, he should be really getting paid 100, 100 grand. Matt Hardy, 650 grand, and yet his brother's getting a million dollars. Luke Harper and Eric Rowan, 550 grand. R True, 550 grand. Kofi Kingston, 500,000. Well, everyone in the day, Kofi, Xavier, and Biggie, they all get 500,000. Rhino, 500,000. Cesaro, 500,000. But Seamus is getting 1 million. I really don't get that. Hmm. Uh, yeah, Sami Zayn, 500,000. Goldust, 400,000. When is the last time we saw Goldust on TV? Nakamura, 400,000. Heath Slater, 400,000. Fandango, 400,000. Kalisto, 350,000. And Titus O'Neil makes 300 grand. These are their base salaries. Now, I'm looking at some of these and it's wondering, like, why is it that some of the tag teams that we have here on this don't make the same as their partners? Sheamus makes one million. Jeff Hardy makes one million. But yes, Cesaro is getting half a mil and Matt Hardy is getting $650,000 a year. Don't you think, like, they should be getting more than that, being that they're, they're top guys as well? In WWE, I know not like heavyweight top guys, but good mid-card top guys. The salary here is really weird, but hey, at least we know what these wrestlers are getting paid for. 
I'm surprised Brock Lesnar was really getting 12 million when there are other people on this roster that deserves that kind of Brock Lesnar money or let alone the case that deserve that dirty Saudi money that WWE is going to be getting for the next nine goddamn years. I got to finally watch the Osprey, Pac, Ref Pro match. And holy shit, was that match amazing as fuck. A lot of stiff shots, a lot of counters, a lot of flippy shit. I, I thought there was a DQ finish in it due to the CCK showing up, uh, trying to fuck up the match. But then Osprey and Pac got together and did some flippy shit to get them out of the occasion. They kept the match going, and the match ended in a time limit draw, which I will admit, it was, it, it was a good way to actually end it. I would have been disappointed if it ended in a DQ because that would have been really stupid. But this match had everything that most UK fans wanted to see. Like, this was the actual, like, I, cons- I consider this as a dream match because I don't know if Pac and Osprey have wrestled before, if uh, before never went to WWE and all that stuff. But this Pac now, I love this new Pac. This Pac here is just simply amazing. Perfect fucking heel. Probably one of the greatest heels I've seen ever since he loved WWE. And he took that heel persona and he took it to Dragon Gate and it made him champion. And it's making him an even bigger name because now that he has a big match against Hangman Page. We don't know for sure if it's going to be for an AEW heavyweight championship. But guarantee those two are probably going to steal the show and most likely be main eventing double or nothing. Osprey and Pac put on an amazing showcasing. I hardly watched Rev Pro a lot here or there. It was like, I was waiting for this match to pop up just so I could finally watch it. When I got the chance, I was just completely blown away. It told a really good story. I love the crowd reaction to every single moment that happened. Even when they were doing stare downs, the crowd just didn't stop. They were, they came unglued. They came completely unglued, and they enjoyed every minute of it. Even when CCK showed up, they they booted, but they still enjoyed it because they know that we're going to get more out of this. They were going to get more out of this match, and they did. The match may have ended in a time limit draw, but I enjoyed the living shit out of it. This match, in all honest opinion, it gets a 4.5. This is a bars and a half. I love this match. I can't wait to see more of Pac, more of Osprey, everything. Like, they pulled out all the stops in this match. When I tell you the crowd was unglued, they were fucking unglued. They did not stop cheering for both of them at all. At all. I can't wait to see what, what, what we're going to get for AEW with Pac in it now. I can't wait to see what Osprey's going to do in the near future 2019 now that he's the Never open weight champion in New Japan. I believe the New Japan Cup has started already, but um, I have not watched it. But I will have the opportunity to watch it. And if I get the chance, I will talk about it pretty soon. I wanted to give my, my thoughts and opinions on this. Because there's a time and a place for, for me to get angry on a few things. And this is one of them. I was cool with Vince McMahon coming out and doing the whole... Becky, you're suspended for 60 days. 
and you all come back a week after Mania. And we're going to bring in Shadowfire! And then that's it. But when you did it with Kofi Kingston, yeah, I was mad. But I do have to understand that there's, there's a cipher things to come for Kofi. And it's going to happen for him at Mania. Now, I'm not going to be one of those that goes out of the way and say, oh, Vince McMahon's racist. He hates black people. Blah, blah, blah. So that's not the case. I think maybe it's time that they start giving Kofi a decent storyline. I think this is probably the case. But I was just not a big fan of the fact that Vince McMahon came out and said, Kofi, I'm replacing you because I need a big box office match. And you don't have all the beef. You're just all that meat. And I need a beef. And I need pork. And the pork is Kevin Owens. And I swear to God, Kevin Owens does not even look like a pork anymore. Kevin Owens just looks slim as fuck. New tattoos, baby face, heel. I'm going with tweener because we don't know where this where this thing is going to go with Kevin Owens. He could pull this angle off for as long as he can, but sooner or later it's going to come down to the point where he's going to turn heel. So I'd rather see him as a tweener for now, until Fastlane, where this or where this goes from here. Should I be upset about Vince McMahon? Doing the same angle again that he's doing with the women? Yeah, I should be mad. Should I be offended that he pulled out one of the greatest African-American wrestlers in WWE history for a Canadian? No, because I know that there is more to come for Kofi Kingston. If they're really going to be serious about booking him in a match with Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania, yeah, I think this was the better opportunity to do it. But I think maybe it was possibly the, the in the dumbest way. They could have at least thought of something better. They could have been like, I don't want Kofi in the match because he's too small. Not, not what everyone else is thinking like, oh, Vince McMahon doesn't want Kofi Kingston in the match because he's a racist. No, that's not really the case. Uh, I, I think what, I'm going to go with a theory on this. I think my, my whole theory on this is that Hunter... Shane and Steph are really not liking the way that their father is trying to take over when in all reality, the whole thing was that we as the WWE universe universe and as wrestling fans, we are now the authority. And now Vince is just taking all of that away from us again. Here's the thing. This authority angle should have died out after Daniel Bryan. It was good for a while with CM Punk until Triple H killed it. And it was always going to be great with Austin. But you can't keep going back to this whole, hey, we're the machine and we're we're just going to be the machine and just not give you all these opportunities and give it to the people that we want to give it to. I don't want to see it that way, but this is where this angle is going for Becky and for Kofi Kingston. Let's see where this goes for Mania. And I'm hoping they get their opportunities so that they can both walk out champions last but not least what are my thoughts on roman reigns being back on monday night raw let alone wwe i'll keep it a buck with everyone right now i hated the character of roman reigns i hated it because it was being shoved down our throats for all these years you didn't turn him heel you didn't give him the opportunity to you know 
feel believable to all of us. You just kept rushing it because you guys just ran out of ideas. And not only that, like, handout after handout because family bloodline. Vince McMahon loves his Samoans a lot. I don't blame him. But the thing is, Vince, you got a lot of guys on your roster that have plenty of what we call in the biz the it factor. That have that it factor in WWE, but you want to focus on one guy. My thoughts on him coming back after battling leukemia, I'm going to say this. For everyone that really wants to go out of their way and clearly use their First Amendment rights and say, Oh, Vince McMahon thought of the leukemia thing so that they could give Roman some time off. And then when he comes back, we'll love him again. No, this was a real fucking thing. Like, I I get it. Vince McMahon tried to do uh, an incest angle where supposedly he fucked his own daughter and the baby was his. No, I get that. But at the same time, for me, Hazel the Eyes on me, I know I'm a sick fuck. But I will not be a sick fuck and think to myself that this whole shit was probably a fucking work. Because it's not. Cancer is a very serious thing, people. That's not something to joke about. Neither is suicide. Okay? When he made that announcement that he had leukemia and it came back, it wasn't even that I had a change of heart. I was just like, okay, I actually respect this guy now because he's actually being open to with us he's he's spitting from the heart he's telling us what he's going through and this is a really big pain in the ass not just for him but for his entire family because this is a very life-threatening situation ladies and gentlemen cancer is really no joke when he left i started to now grow on him not because of this announcement, because he's, it's only because he spoke from the heart. He spoke from the heart and he was being true to himself. And that's what made me started to respect him more. He wasn't Roman Reigns, the wrestler, the guy that kept getting shoved down our throats. This was Joe Anawaii, the human being suffering from leukemia and has to go back and deal with chemo in order for it to be remission. And for four long months, we did not see Roman Reigns. Hell, a lot of people thought we would not see Roman Reigns so after WrestleMania or maybe a few years from now. I was thinking maybe a few years up to a year because it takes a long time for you to get back on remission from leukemia cancer. But he did it in four months, which is like a fucking miracle. A, a fucking miracle indeed. And when they... Kept, when they made this announcement that he was going to come back and um, update us on his recovery, my first thing was that the Shield was going to come back together again, which is why I'm bringing this up because of what's going to happen at Fastlane. When he announced that he's on remission and he's ready to compete again, I was ecstatic. My wife was truly ecstatic. She would not stop crying about it because she loves Roman Reigns to death. And all she would want to do is watch Roman Reigns compete because that's the only person that she actually cares about. Finding out about the uh, about him coming back into the ring and him doing his little spots here or there with Seth Rollins, 
teasing a, a, a sealed reunion part three. I'm hyped for it because there's a rumor going around saying that we're going to probably get an eight man tag, which means it will probably be Baron Corbin, Drew McIntyre, Bobby Lashley, and Elias taking on all three members of the Shield and Braun Strowman. Where does Kurt Angle fit into all this? The rumors going around saying that Kurt Angle will have a retirement match against Baron Corbin, but that sounds really something to bring up at the moment because everyone's really excited to see Roman back in the ring, back in WWE, back where he belongs in his yard for being the big dog that he, that he claims to be and to just see him dominate. The crowd was like outrageous in roaring chants. This is your yard. They were doing barks. Last time I checked, he wasn't Titus O'Neil. But yeah, out of respect, he's the big dog. Gotta represent, gotta bark for him, whatever. But can't wait to see now what he's gonna bring to the table in 2019 now that he's back. And now that he's being respected as the babyface that he was supposed to be years ago, but we didn't accept it. But now it's not that we have to we have to force ourselves to accept it. We have to see where it goes from here in order to accept Roman Reigns as not just the guy in WWE, but as the guy that we want to actually like now. Not that we want to just keep hating forever because now I'm growing a liking to him and I can't wait to see what he's going to fucking do throughout. 2019. Hopefully he gets a match at Mania. We'll see where it goes from there. I'm going to wrap it up here. Oh, I'm tired. I'm pretty high at the moment. And I had a very long day. I get some sleep. I don't need some food. I'm going to get out of here. These guys are not here, so I'm going to do their gimmick. Appointing goodies to you all. And Good fight and a good night. Too sweet to you all.